Welcome back to Bridgerton Bitches. Today, Chris and I are reviewing Chapter 13 of The Viscount Who Loved Me, and we're looking at how this is different from the Netflix TV show Bridgerton. A big thank you to Erin for your kind donations and also for letting us know which chapter you would like us to do a live reading of. If anyone else has any other requests, you can message us via Facebook at Bridgerton Bitches. If you're enjoying the show, please review uh, or share the link with loved ones. There's also a link to our Ko-fi page if you want to donate. I don't know if it's Ko-fi or coffee, I suppose. I don't know. I've done this introduction five times now and I'm not going to do it for a sixth time. So I'm just committed now. Um, that's all the boring stuff over. Let's get started. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, so where did we finish with chapter 12? Um, so that was that scene where Kate got super scared in the thunderstorm and her and Anthony have this real heart to heart in the library. And uh, they really bond, don't they? Do you remember that, that scene? Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed last chapter. And it, it left with them deciding, oh, we better part ways. We don't want anyone to see us because that would be like a bit of a bit of a, a bit of a hassle, wouldn't it? Scandal. Yeah. Scandal. And then we made some predictions as to what we thought would happen in chapter 13. So it'll be interesting to see if any of those predictions came true. I do believe, I don't want to brag, I do believe that my prediction happened, if I remember correctly. Did you notice that? Indeed, I think it did. The return of this blanket, though, hasn't happened, but you're right. I think um, there is the bee sting incident in Chapter 13. Yes, that bloody blanket. Um, Mm. I was so involved in that, and I didn't let it go for quite a few episodes. So I'm never going to talk about that blanket again, I promise, from now on. That blanket could have like its own show. So Yeah. We could do a spin off podcast about the blanket. And all of the no. adventures it goes on. Don't tempt me because yeah. So chapter thirteen opens up with Anthony trying to sleep, right? And he um he's had a really bad night's sleep because he just can't get Kate out of his mind. It's so funny, isn't um, it? Because that's how you would start off chapter 13. But I start off chapter 13 so differently. I was like, the day after the storm, it's bright and sunny. Anthony hasn't got much sleep because he's been fantasizing about Kate's face. But your opening was a little bit different. I, th- I think that's quite cool. I feel like this happens a lot where I'm like, skip, skip. Um, and you're like, no, you've missed this. You've missed that. It's interesting that we pick up on different things. Yeah. I and was I'm like, blah, 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 sunny day, not interested. Yeah, it's so funny. And I, I, I mentioned how, so Anthony hasn't got much sleep, as you said, and he's saying about how he's fant- he's been fantasizing about Kate's face all night. And his body is full of nervous energy and his fingers are drumming the bed. And I just wanted to say that that really reminds me of that scene in the TV show where they've had sex the night before and he goes to her house and he's sitting on the on the um, the chair. And he's I, I feel like maybe he might have been fiddling or tapping the ring box and he's getting his um his watch out oh. and it just when how, I... how do you remember that have you seen this recently no I might actually be Doesn't lying help. about the ring box but something about his fingers drumming the bed I was like oh I'm sure he did something with his fingers because he had like nervous energy when he goes to see her to propose the morning after I don't know if that's 100% accurate Interesting. though okay and then he gets up and he goes over to the window and he looks out and who should he see again in true Bridgerton I don't know, synchronicity, um, he sees Kate walking in the garden. And yeah. as soon as he sees her, 
he knew he had to join her. And straight away, I've written in my notes, um, B question mark, because I was like, oh my God, the B scene's going to happen. You knew it was going to happen. You knew Did it was going to happen. at that point predict anything about the B thing? Or were I you still can't... like, not sure? I, c- I can't remember. You know when you've read something and then you can't remember what you didn't know? But I did spend a little bit more time on this moment because I loved how he says, so he looks outside the window and then I expanded a little bit on that because I love the, the tension. He, he sees Kate and he says he cannot take his eyes off her. There was some there was something magical in her form. He knew he had to join her. So I love how you were like, he looks out the window, he sees Kate, beating and I'm like the magic of her form he had to be joined with her for all eternity we have a different approach don't we yes we really do like if there was a job of summarizing chapters in the least words possible I feel like I'd be really good at it yeah yeah that's so funny (laughs) but you know you get the job done you get the job done you're very economical I feel like throughout the book we get a lot of passages about Anthony staring at Kate, Kate staring at Anthony, Anthony thinking Kate, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, skip. Yeah, you're done now. You're tapping out of that. Yeah. Whereas I'm still like lapping it up. Um, can I just say, be- before he does anything else, I feel like the book then goes back to the weather. It talks about the weather quite a lot in the chapter. I, I felt that anyway. And it just really reminded me about how much people in the UK tend to love talking about the weather like even when there was a pandemic we'd be like oh it's mild for this time of year isn't it and I was just laughing because I was like even if there was like an asteroid coming towards earth we'd be like oh the autumn is just really quite stunning have you seen the the leaves and yeah even if there was like a really true that's like our go-to small talk so if you've met someone and you want to make small talk the first thing you'll say is lovely day today isn't it oh it's always a bit cold today um so I know that the person that wrote this book was an American but she did get this like bang on yeah I love it if you want to make friends of us talk about the weather and offer us a cup of tea and that's it really we're done that's all it takes we're very easy that's a good point there could be more tea drinking in this book to make it more realistic oh yes maybe they'll bring that in in uh, the the future books hopefully and also people apologizing to each other too much that's also a very british thing yeah like even if you bump into somebody and it's clearly their fault because maybe they were looking at ribbons in the local ribbon shop and you want a new ribbon for your bonnet and they bang into you you both say sorry even though you both know it was the other person yeah but fault. you say sorry like three times once yeah. isn't enough like i'm sorry oh no i'm sorry no 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 i'm sorry. so sorry <laughs> yeah yeah we also all wear top hats and we uh, all love long dresses and bonnets. I just, I really wish that we did, Chris. Like, <laughs> we do that once a year, to be fair. That's how we get it out of our system. And it's not a Jane Austen festival. It's not enough. It's, it's not, not enough. enough. No. I'd do it every day if I could. Mm. Anyway, so. so then we slip into kind of Kate's side of things, right? And Kate is going through the same thing as Anthony. She didn't sleep because she just kept thinking about him and mm. she's, yeah, kind of thinking through their conversation and it describes her thoughts as being really muddled yes and she wants time alone doesn't she that's why she's gone out to the garden because everybody else uh, at the house party is split off into different groups some have gone into town shopping some have gone into the dining room and not many people have gone outside so that's what she's doing really isn't she's getting some time to herself to think through all those thoughts yeah, and again, it's really funny because I wasn't too bothered about Kate, but I spent quite a lot of time talking about the split of people. So I was like, 
I wrote this out. I was like, we see the party of people split into those people who like the warmth of the dining room. I typed this out, Chris. Why would I do that? And the outdoorsy type. Then those who went outdoors went either to the village to go window shopping and those who walked to the lake. And I put, which would you choose, Chris? I need to get a life, mate. I need to get a life. Um, I would go into the village window shopping. Because to me, walking around the lake is a bit boring. What, what would you yeah. do? Like, I want to be the outdoorsy type because I know that's what, like, that's where the action happens. But, you know, it's cold right now in the UK and I like my warmth and I like the idea of sitting by the fire. So Interesting. Okay, I thought you'd pick the village. Yeah, I mean, it, it's difficult, right? So if I was of the time, maybe I would go, go down to the village. But if it was cold, I wouldn't. But if I was time traveling back yeah. in time, I would 100% go into the village. I would not stay indoors. So it depends. This is going to be a poll, okay? We'll mm. do a little poll on our Facebook page. What would you rather do? Yeah, okay. And then basically we are basically in Kate's head, aren't we? She's sort of sitting outside and she's talking through to herself that she she can no longer really, she can't really oppose Anthony's hand um, in marriage to Edwina because she wants him for herself. Yeah, and also the reason she's realised that she cannot refuse him is because she's realised that he is sensitive, he's caring, he's principled. After the incident with Eddie Cowper, he's heroic and he's devoted to his family. And she's like, okay, even if it's you... Even, I feel like she's matured a bit. She's become less prejudiced about the whole rake thing because she yeah. does admit, she's like, okay... Even if he is a rake, that doesn't define him. He still can be all these other things. So I feel like she's having like, it feels like a little bit like a pride and prejudice thing. Like she has this real prejudice against him all the way through. Mm. And she's like, he's a rake, writes him up as a person, very black and white. And she's like, okay, he can be a rake, but he can also be really kind and principled and caring. So do you think she's now on the same page as all of those mamas earlier on in the book who were aware that he was a rake and were all they were still pushing their daughters to him because you and I were both like Kate and we were like why would you want your daughters to marry a rake but maybe we were being a bit black and white too because there are other qualities in a person that define them other than their rakishness isn't it yeah I think the mamas are on a different page because they don't know those things about him that Kate's learned they don't know that he's sensitive and caring and principled etc etc all they see is his title and his money Mm. And that's what they're interested in. I get you. But what I found really strange about this is that she has no sense of guilt. So she says she knows that deep in her heart she wanted him for herself. And she's like, well, but on the other hand, I can't I can't be prejudiced against him marrying Edwina because um, he's a good guy. And also, even if he married Edwina, okay, yeah, I'd still have to see him for holidays and stuff. But it's no different from him marrying another woman. And I was like, there's no sense of guilt coming in yet. There's no mm-hmm. guilt of, I think she even says if she told Edwina how she felt, Edwina wouldn't go ahead with the marriage. But I don't see it, the guilt that came through in the TV show of, of, of Kate thinking, oh my God, poor Edwina marrying somebody when we've kissed. There's none, And that surprised me. Weren't you really surprised? I thought that wasn't very nice. What, in the TV show or in the book? Um, in this in this section of the book, there's no guilt yet towards Edwina. No. no, and I don't really. It's odd because in that time, just being alone with a guy, just having some of the conversations they've had would be considered inappropriate. But you're right; like they've actually full on kissed. Why would you? It feels weird to me that she wouldn't have told her sister because why would she want a guy 
to marry her sister who kissed her. It does, yeah, I I think I question her morals here. Yeah, she's like, oh, well, it's, it's just as well he marries Edwina than any other young, beautiful woman. And I was like, what happened to, in the TV show, Kate obviously feels really guilty that she's in love with somebody that wants to marry her sister. And then she worries, you know, where's the worry about Anthony not wanting to love her sister? I just didn't love that. I feel like she's doing Edwina a bit dirty in this bit. Yeah, I think she's doing Edwina a bit dirty. Yeah, so as she's thinking this and she's, you know, she's feeling quite, I suppose, overwhelmed by these thoughts. Um, and she's like, right, well, I'm just going to have to withdraw my um, kind of resistance to them marrying. She lets out this big sigh and then she mm. hears behind her a voice, Anthony's voice saying, my goodness, you sound serious. I that was liked so- that. I liked it a lot too. I'm just going to put myself on mute because there's going to be some doors opening that's going to ruin the ambiance. Are you happy with that? Yes, that's fine. Thanks for the heads up. So, um, I liked that. There was like an informality there, the way he spoke to her. Um, And Kate's first reaction to Anthony coming to find her is she keeps being torn between is he just being really polite and informal uh informal or is he really liking her um so they they start chatting about what happened last night and he says to her something like i thought you would have got comfort from mary and edwina uh, during the storm and she says to him well my family don't actually know about my storm phobia so there's this whole thing about, you know, oh, Anthony now knows something really personal, really deep from Kate that even her family didn't know. So this whole bonding thing again. Um, and he starts to say that actually uh, not sharing our deepest, darkest fears um, with our family, even in a family that's really loud and loving, um, can make you feel really lonely. And I thought that was really um, quite deep. And I think I can relate to that. You know, when you have those really, really bad fears and anxieties and you don't you don't speak them out loud, you don't share them with people, that can make you feel very lonely. What did you think about yeah, that? I agree. And they get each other here, but not in like a cliche way, like, oh, they both like the same um, croquet or stick or whatever it's called, but in a like a really emotional way, they, they have that similarity together, don't they? Um, yeah, I just really then- like this scene. And can I just add a couple of other things as mm-hmm. well? So when he approaches her, she answers in a broken staccato sentence, and he does not indicate that he notices how she talks. What do you think he thinks about her broken staccato sentence when she replies to him when he first approaches her? I don't... Is staccato like a low note? I don't really understand what that is. Um, I don't know 100%. I thought it was just like, yes, like clipped. like. Uh, I, I thought it was more like, yeah, I'm fine. Like when you're really down, like really deep. I don't know why I thought that. Wouldn't that be a baritone, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm really I'm... bad with music. No, I'm getting confused. Soprano is high. Baritone is low. So oh, maybe right. staccato is like, like yes i'm fine thank you (laughs) but why why would she do that i do not know (laughs) (laughs) i thought if she was sad she'd be like yeah fine all right mate not like 
Yeah, that's weird. Um, maybe they sorry, mean. I no, I didn't really think about it. What What are your thoughts? Maybe they mean clipped. Like you know, when you're you don't really want to talk, so you're like, yes, I'm fine, thanks, but you're not fine. Hmm. Okay. I've maybe never it's really like heard that. Heard a bit described that way, but no. And can I just say that when they are talking about what you you've described, she looks into his eyes and feels that she knows him, and I was like, oh, it's so intense. I love it. Yeah, and Anthony just before that says the same thing, doesn't he? He said that they make eye contact and he suddenly realises that more than anybody on earth, she understands him more than anybody and they just yeah. get each other. Yeah, and neither of them want to appear weak, which is why they hate losing because they see that as a sign of weakness, don't they? And neither of them like to share with people. And then she was like, oh, you know, it, I do feel like it's a weakness. You know, I'm cringing thinking about the electrical storm. And then I wanted to ask you... Would they have called it an electrical storm in those days? Oh, my days? God. No, because electricity didn't exist. When I read that, there was a split second where I was like, oh, it doesn't sound right. But I just moved on. But that's why you're right. Because this didn't come in then until Victorian times, right? I don't know. And then, so what was an electric storm called before electric? Well, did they not understand? I would have thought they didn't understand at that point what electricity was. So maybe they just would have called it a thunderstorm. How crazy is it that they, like, the Mr. Darcy's of that time period didn't ever have electricity? It's funny. Mm. Um, can I just say, so, you know how in a lot of uh, period dramas, especially Jane Austen adaptations, there's always the characters misunderstanding each other's words and then saying things they don't mean, which causes further confusion. This whole scene is full of those. So Anthony keeps saying something, and at first Kate's like, oh, my God. It's because he likes me. And then straight away, she's like, oh, no, he's just being polite. Mm. Um, and something happens here. So Kate is saying, you know, my role is to be strong and sensible because I'm the older sister. And Anthony relates to that because he's the older sibling. But he says to her, your sister is probably stronger than you think. And straight away, Kate is, in her mind is going, oh, my God, is this his way of telling me that he's fallen in love with Edwina? Mm. Um, which is completely, obviously, we know that's not true because we can see inside Anthony's head. Mm. Um, and then there's this really, really bit I like, and I know you like this as well, when they don't use each other's, uh, they use each other's first name. So she's about to kind of talk to him. She says, my Lord. And then Anthony cuts in and says, Anthony, he corrected. Oh, and I just so love that. There's something really sexy about reminding her to use his first name what did you think I loved it because I felt like she was trying to create distance by using their names and him being like no Anthony he's trying to tell her like I don't want to forget our closeness I'm not going to mm. put boundaries in place that's how it felt like to me like it's almost like he really wants her to remember that they are beyond using each other's surnames he wants to reinforce that and he's right to because she is trying to create distance again, isn't she? Because she's about to tell him something that he's not going to want to hear. Yeah, so she's working herself up and she's getting quite flustered because she's trying to say, trying to tell him, Anthony, I have no objection to you marrying my sister. So he can see that she's trying to get something out. And it's quite funny because he's, she's like, I'm trying to tell you something. He, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Like, go ahead kind of thing. Mm. And then she finally comes out with it and says, I have withdrawn my objection to you marrying Edwina and he his response is that he feels hollow inside like he he's upset isn't he that she yeah. wants that even though she doesn't again they're misreading each other constantly yeah yeah um and so he just formally accepts that 
so he hides his feelings and he says something like you know thank you whatever mm. um so again she just thinks oh well that's what he wanted she was like oh I'm, sh- I'm i'm glad you were relieved or something along that lines and then the next bit i've got is about the bee sting so do you have anything more about their conversation you wanted to add no just that he yeah i mean i liked that he says something like oh yeah thanks for letting me know and then it's like he doubts himself and he goes kate and then that's when it leads into the beasting. But I like that he clearly wants to say something else here, but doesn't. He's interrupted by fear, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and something else that I liked and I thought was really deep, which you don't expect from Bridgerton. Like, no offense to Bridgerton, it's all very lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, she cut, the writer comes out with things that are quite deep. So she's talking about how Anthony was saying, you know, he, he knows he can't fall in love with Edwina. He could probably fall in love with Kate. And then he was saying, well, actually... I don't want to fall in love because he's really messed up with his whole dying phobia and death mm-hmm. thing. And there's a bit here that he says that I really liked. And he said, um, love, love was the enemy of a dying man. So he's saying if he can't form attachments in his life, dying is less harder to deal with. You don't have to be scared of death because, you know, it's fine. I've got nothing really to, to live for mm-hmm. because in, and you, you don't fear death. But the moment you fall in love with somebody it's that fear of death then becomes present. And I was like, that's really interesting, isn't it? I I thought that totally made sense. Because it's a bit depressing. You've got something to lose. So if you've got nothing to lose, yeah. then then you don't fear you don't death as much. You don't have to be scared of dying. But then again, he clearly loves his family. So that's why his logic falls short a little yeah. bit, doesn't it? You're right. Um, I've got here to read the beasting from page I think it's 211 did you want to just read it out because this is so weird well I I don't have the first part of it I just have the second part about the trance so do I'm happy for you to read Um, up until then because this is juicy oh my god it was so weird oh my word it was so weird as I was reading I was like I remember thinking the tv I just I couldn't believe it it was like one thing after the other and I was like oh come on even if it's happened in real day life like modern day life I would have been like this is too much it was really messed up okay so just to summarize they're talking and then in the midst of their conversation Anthony hears a buzzing and he's like freaked out and um he's gone white and he says, oh, my God, oh, my God, um, don't move, don't move. And she sees the bee and she's like, my Lord, it's just a bee. Like, chill out, basically. Keep telling him to calm down. And um, he's freaking out. He's like, don't move, don't move. And she's like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And then basically after all of this fuss, um, she moves and pushes her elbow and it hits the bee and the bee lands on the edge of her bodice and it stings her. Kate's not bothered. She's just more slightly annoyed. Um, and when she looks up at Anthony, he has gone white, not pale, not even bloodless, but white. Um, and he's freaking out and she's like, what's wrong? Like, she's really not getting it. Um, and then <laughs> he uh, can forward. I read, I got to read it out. Can I read it out Okay, from the bottom of 211? I don't know what page you're on, but I want to start with whatever trance he was in suddenly. Yes, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So whatever trance he was in suddenly snapped and he leaped forward, roughly grabbing one of her shoulders with one hand while his other grappled with the bodice of her gown, pulling it down to better expose her wound. Okay, I'm going to carry on if that's okay. 
Yeah. My lord, Kate shrieked, stop. He said nothing, but his breath was ragged and fast as he pinned her against the back of the bench in brackets. I think a um a tree would have been hotter, don't you? Pinning her yeah, against dude. the back of a tree. Um, mm-hmm. Still holding her dress down, not low enough to expose her, but certainly lower than decency allowed. It gets worse. Anthony, she tried, hoping that the use of his given name might get his attention. She didn't know this man. He wasn't the one who had sat at her side just two minutes earlier. He was crazed, frantic, and completely heedless of her protestations. Will you shut up? He hissed, never once looking up at her. His eyes were focused on the red, swollen circle of flesh on her chest, and with trembling hands, he plucked the stinger from her skin. It does get worse. May I continue? Yes. (laughs) Anthony, I'm fine, she insisted. You must, she gasped. Can you gasp, Crisp? (gasps) He'd moved one of his hands slightly as he used the other to yank a handkerchief from his pocket and now rather indelicately cupped her entire breast. Jesus. That is insane. Anthony, what are you doing? She grabbed at his hand, trying to remove it from her person, but his strength was beyond her. And then I was like, this is getting a bit dark. Are we about to see something (laughs) that might... It's getting violent again. It's getting violent. He pinned her even more firmly against the back of the bench. Talk about um, a tone change. Mm. His hand nearly pressing her breast flat. Be still. That's not hot. Well, maybe, I don't know. Be still, he barked. That's weird, barked. Be still, (laughs) woof, he barked. (laughs) Mood killer, no? And then he took the handkerchief and began to press against the swollen sting. What are you doing, she asked, still trying to scoot away. He didn't look up. I'm expressing the venom. Is there venom? There must be, he muttered. There has to be. Something is killing you. (gasps) Something about his voice sent a shiver down her spine. Who? she whispered. He pressed more firmly against the raised hive, dabbing the handkerchief against the clear liquid that oozed out. My father, he said flatly, and it killed him. She couldn't quite believe it. A bee? Yes, a bee, he snapped. Haven't you been listening? Anthony, a little bee cannot kill a man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a bit harsh, isn't it? Am I crazy? Because I thought when they were in the library at some point, Mm. maybe this is in the TV show and that's why I'm getting confused. Mm. He tells her that his dad was stung by a bee. Yes. And yeah, and he almost gets embarrassed. So why is she acting like she never knew? So because we're mixing up the book and the TV series now, because you're absolutely right. So last episode, I think I talked about how in the TV show, the lightning storm didn't really happen as we saw it in chapter 12. She's in the library getting a book and his dad comes up and he says, she said, how did he die? And then he says a bee sting and he does look kind of embarrassed but oh it's a beautiful scene but you're right and I actually think I prefer how they dealt with that because her reaction was so empathic yeah so I was just about to say when she's like oh my god what's wrong with you what are you doing what are you talking about all the way through I'm like hang on Kate when you were cowering under a table like 
shitting yourself because there was a thunderstorm mm. and he didn't come in and be like what are you doing it's just a thunderstorm don't be such a baby what's wrong with you it's just a storm mm. and I was like I'm disappointed in her reaction because yes. she's not twigged at all this guy is having some kind of panic attack just like she did last night and to yes. me that felt odd yeah it did feel odd and especially because in the tv show when they did the bee sting I know originally you and I didn't like it, but I can kind of see now why people liked it compared to the book. Because in the TV show, she's like, my Lord, are you okay? Quite quickly. Yeah. Are you okay? Are you okay? She puts his hand on her chest. She has maintained She's Her reaction was way better. So I take back my early words where I criticize that scene because this scene's way worse. It gets worse it though. Worse. It gets worse. Do you want to carry on yes. with the last couple of paragraphs? I have to. I have to. I'm emotionally invested okay so basically he's like oh no it's still swollen I don't think I got it all out he shook his head it's not good enough he said hoarsely I have to get it all out he's obviously reliving isn't he the trauma of his dad being stung and the guilt that he carries around not getting the venom out and then she says Anthony I what are you doing are you ready yeah. He, he'd tipped her chin back and his head was closing the distance between them, almost as if he meant to kiss her. I'm going to have to suck the venom out, he said grimly. Just hold still. Anthony, she shrieked, you can't. She gasped, completely unable to finish her sentence once she felt his lips settling on her skin, applying a gentle yet inexorable, can't say that word, pressure. Pulling Can her I just in- say No no, don't you I dare don't you dare interrupt. I need to finish okay. this. You have ruined the moment. <laughs> I'm gonna have to say it again. Let me go over. Okay. I'm so sorry, listeners. Let's just get back in the zone here. Once she felt his lips settling on her skin, applying a gentle yet pressure can't say it pulling her (laughs) I swear to god if you ruin this for me pulling her into his mouth Kate didn't know how to respond didn't know whether to push him away or pull him towards her how funny would it have been if she was like yeah yeah pushing him towards her he's like Kate I can't breathe I'm trying to get the venom out (laughs) that would have been hilarious but it ends the chapter ends um with this When she lifted her head and looked over his shoulder, she saw a group of three women staring at them with equal expressions of shock. Mary, Lady Bridgerton and Mrs. Featherington, arguably the ton's biggest gossip. Mic drop, goosebumps, how do you feel? Yeah, um, I don't know whether to feel embarrassed or is it hot? I'm kind of tethering in between, but I was just going to say... I kind of think it would be hotter if she'd been stung on the nipple. And oh, then my God. And then he was putting her nipple in his mouth because then that would explain why she was like, oh, I didn't know where to, like, push him away or pull him forward. I was no, like, no, no. otherwise, if he's just, like, sucking the top of her cleavage, oh, I was like, I'm God. not sure. <laughs> Am I th- too That's much detail? Or... Too much detail. No subtlety, yeah. Chris. I want to make that really clear that Chris is the one that made that suggestion, not me. <laughs> um, I have a decorum <laughs> of taste. That was inappropriate. Okay, no. To me, it would have been hotter actually if it had been on her neck. I just think it's really sexy when, mm. like, when the neck gets touched. And um, also, I thought it was kind of like it was too medical. So when she was like 
he basically gets a handkerchief and puts it over her entire breast. So he's groping her entire breast, but it's not yeah. groping. He's not like, I think it would have been cute if um, he'd stopped a moment and the handkerchief had slipped and he'd like admired her boob. But otherwise it just felt way too clinical. Like he didn't even check out her boobs. I just, Is that inappropriate? Was he too panicked? Or That's like a really typical you response. Like he's trying to save your life. Like someone trying to give you CPR and you're like, oh, you didn't even grab a handful. Are they not... <laughs> Is that not do I, what's wrong with me and they're like you're dying i'm trying to sleep on you he's not a doctor like surely he needs to be distracted just for a split second like oh nice um i think it's the measure of how scared and fearful he is for her dying <laughs> but he just doesn't he's not getting aroused by this but right. good okay. to know where you're at um don't work in the emergency services <laughs> And don't ever be a doctor. That's all I can say. Right. Okay. Um, I do wonder, was it entirely necessary for him to give her boob a squeeze? I'm just like, how big was this bee? Like, how much venom is it just, like, mm. injected into her? I've never known. Um, and is that yeah. is that going to work, the squeezing out the venom? Is that a thing? Like, you know in James Bond, there's that James Bond where that woman stands on, like, a jellyfish or something, and he has to suck out the venom. I guess, but then surely him having venom in his mouth would not that would that not aggravate his mouth? Oh my god, I didn't even think of that. Did he risk his life for her life? I think so because if anything, like if your dad's allergic to bees, maybe he's more likely to be allergic to bees. I don't know how it works. Oh but my god, that's I felt so like in brave. that moment that shows how much he cared about her that he was willing to put venom in his mouth. Do you think he Googled how he could have saved it? Um, I guess he didn't have Google back then, but do you think he wrote to the local... in the library. Yeah. Did you think he went to the local apothecary and was like, how would I, how would I treat a bee sting? Um, I don't think he cared that much because it, it said earlier that he almost, he didn't care before about bees. He didn't care about dying, did he? But mm. he cares about Kate. I'm just googling the whole bee poison situ because if you know if someone gets stung i don't want to get into trouble for just sucking it out of them if there's a simple you know i would advise against sucking out the venom to be honest Mm, okay i'm not sure that's a good idea what is it that you put on it is it bicarb of soda or vinegar or something if it's a wasp bicarb yeah hmm apparently they do contain venom yeah yeah they do um so what did you think of that scene compared to the version in the tv show i mean it was just so over the top i mean i thought the tv show was over the top like seriously over the top compared to what we would normally see in a costume drama but that it just escalated like he actually pulled down her dress i mean which which one do you prefer i mean I think for the shock factor, the book. <laughs> um, I didn't like in the TV show the, I mean, I'm not a massive fan of over-exaggerated eye contact. And I remember there being a shit ton of eye contact mm-hmm. and breathing and like her teaching him how to breathe. And I personally found that really quite uncomfortable to watch, like quite cringy. So I think probably I'd rather have the book version, even though it's mm-hmm. just ridiculous. But it is so hot. Yeah, and it's just so hot how his single desire to save his life, her life, it just totally turned him into a madman, which, you know, is hot. 
Mm-hmm. And it's just Agreed. really amazing. I, I I think what I loved about it as well is sometimes you don't realise how much you love someone until something happens to them where the prospect of them no longer being there, it drives you to to do things, doesn't it? Um, it reminds you that we all die. And um, God, this took a really morbid tone. It was really sensual yeah. a minute ago. And now, but I, I wow. did, it was it was hot. Um, I have no idea how they're going to get out of this now. Oh, my God. I mean, I think they're going to have to get engaged. I think this is going to go a very different way to the TV show at this point. So the way I see it is they don't necessarily have to get engaged, right, because because of the history. So could he say Kate was dying, she had a bee sting? I mean, his mum... But doesn't that sound ludicrous? I, I, they're not going to believe that. And Lady Featherington is a massive gossip, so... It's going to get round that Kate and Anthony were found in the garden in a state of undress. Um, I think they're going to have to get engaged. That seems crazy, and I, the, the, my concern about that is, I feel like that removes their choice. I, I guess, though, actually, that mimics a little bit. That parallels this parallels this storyline in season one of Bridgerton, where mm. um, Daphne and the Duke are found. Yeah, but they're found by Anthony, which is different, isn't it? Anthony's yeah. the one that finds them, only Anthony. He could have kept his mouth shut, but he insisted on marriage. This is three people, one of which the book clearly says Mrs. Lady Featherington is the biggest gossip. So they're already setting that up as a hint that this could go, you know, everyone could find out the whole ton. But I think it's going to create the same dynamic that was created with um, the Duke and Daphne when they were like, oh, we have to get married because otherwise my reputation is ruined and he thinks that she doesn't really want to marry him. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it carries on that level of suspense mm, of... But I think I'm going to predict that Kate will refuse. So he'll be like, no, we need to get married. This is the right thing to do to protect your reputation. But because Kate is so stubborn and strong and loves her sister, she'll refuse. I think that's what's going to happen. Oh, come on. You can't really want your sister to marry a guy who's kissed you now, groped your boob, and sucked on your skin. I mean... Yeah, but Edwina might believe the story because she's quite naive. She might believe that he was just saving her from a bee sting. That's the kind of shit she would believe. I would like to believe that if his brother was stung, then he would suck it out of his brother's skin as well. But I just if don't Benedict know. was like stung on the balls. That's you what think I'm Anthony's going to put those balls in his mouth? That's really you are naughty today. <laughs> You're feeling very saucy. Are you drinking alcohol? Um. Well, I've just noticed that we have less than a minute left. Do you have any yes. parting words before we finish today? Uh, no, but we will run some polls because we had quite a few questions today on this episode on our Facebook page. So please come and type in. Bridgerton Girls on Facebook and come and play the polls. Thank you so much. And I look forward to reading through chapter 14 with you. Cool. Thanks for listening. Don't get stung. Bye.